Hello, and welcome to the Soul Sister Movement Podcast, the show that helps you live your best midlife by helping you navigate this phase of life with joy, confidence, and fulfillment. Join us on an incredible journey of self-discovery and empowering stories with seasoned experts and inspiring women that will leave you feeling empowered, motivated, and ready to conquer the world. You deserve to live a fulfilled and joyful life. Let the Soul Sister Podcast be your guide on this amazing journey. Tune in today and let the Soul Sister Podcast inspire you to live your best Welcome to the Soul Sister Podcast. My name is Noni Banks and I am your host. And today we have joining us Sierra Sombrowski. Hello, Sierra. Hi, thank you so much for having me on today. For sure. So let me just tell you all a little bit about Sierra. Sierra is an intuitive, holistic strategist and healer. She supports business owners who have endured major life changes and loss. As a certified grief facilitator and holistic health coach, She has mastered the ability to hold space for those facing difficult emotions. Sierra helps her clients turn their upheaval into an opportunity for ground growth. Sierra, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what led you to the work that you are currently doing? Sure. So um, first, I was a business consultant and have been doing that as a traditional consulting, dealing with all kinds of businesses at different stages and industries and sizes uh, for 20 years, just about now. And then in 2010, I went back to school for holistic health counseling and uh, ended up getting a grief facilitation certification. And um, so I was kind of running both things side by side. And then, well, I've been intuitive all my life. Um, And I didn't have a complete and full understanding of that until around the time that I started my my coaching practice. That was when it really came into me because I was starting to get into meditation and all these other things because I had no framework for that before. But Mm. I had had these really tremendous experiences for clients um, that... I didn't have a real good explanation for it other than I thought I came up with some really great ideas, Um, (laughs) genius ideas. And so then like two years ago, I decided that it was silly. You know, I think a big part of your discussion is kind of how we find ourselves and transition our lives in particular, you know, in our 40s, we start to ask questions. And so I was like, why am I doing this in sort of three separate veins it, they're all a part of who I am. I'm good at all of it. Um, and I was seeing more and more when I was getting a business consulting uh, contract that I couldn't now separate the owner from what was going on in their business. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know you're having turnover, but you're also going through a divorce and going through a custody battle, and, you know, and so this is playing in. And so I no longer could really separate those into separate veins. Um, And so, yeah, two years ago, I decided I was blending it all together, that there was plenty of space and plenty of need for that, and really focused on leaning into the grief aspect, the big life transition and trial aspect 
um, that we all go through. What made you lean into the grief part? Um, I think largely, I mean, I have like a weird theme of death and grief throughout my life, as as strange as that sounds. Um, and, And it really wasn't until about two years ago that I started to be like, yeah, there is something here. And I had started volunteering as a grief facilitator at a children's center. Um, and so it, they kept putting me in with the accompanying adults though. And I was like, I came here to work with the kids. I don't, (laughs) I don't want to work with the adults. And, um, you know, digging into it too became this whole realization that we all hold grief and it's not just from somebody passing away. It can be from the relationship that we have with our parents or the experience we had in childhood. There's grief that needs process there. Mm. Um, You know, divorce or a significant relationship. Maybe you broke up with your best friend. Like anything, the big, you know, empty nesting. Like there's a lot of grief and we don't recognize grief well in this culture. And we certainly don't process it well. Um, and it shows up. It just shows up in another way in a different form. So that's why so, I really leaned into that. And I'm glad that you clarified that grief is not just the physical death of someone. And when I, I had a hysterectomy because I have fibroids, was totally unprepared for what I would experience post-surgery, which after I found did some digging, found out I was grieving mm-hmm. the fact that my womb was gone, that I was so attached to. So how does grief show up in people where they may think like, okay, like you said, my business just needs to be restructured or something? Yeah. You know, I think there's there becomes a certain level of sort of apathy Um, where you're feeling disconnected emotionally, you're not feeling inspired, you still have your family and friends around you, but there's all of a sudden like this gap, this space where you're not quite connecting with them. Like I said, and to me, the best I can always throw is it's like almost being apathetic about it all. Like you just don't feel one way or another. Um, and I think that's probably the most common thing that, that I see. So, you know, if people were like, I used to love going for family dinners and now I'm like, eh, I could take it or leave it. And, and nothing else in the dynamic has really shifted. Well, there's something in you that is trying to work out and resolve that grief that's stored in you. And Uh so it withdraws its energy from these other places in our lives so that we can kind of help manage that and help get through it. But if you're not really working your way through it, then it's just this like withdrawal of attention and connection to, to other things and other people. I would say that's the biggest way. And it's important that when, women or men who whoever are experiencing this to ask questions right and to kind of be on this this self-discovery kind of journey like what something has changed what is it like could i be experiencing grief so it's important to like be aware absolutely yeah yeah i always say that there has to be a certain amount of recognition and honesty in place before grief can start to really be processed Mm. you have to recognize that oh goodness maybe i'm really feeling some kind of grief around this 
Um, and then you have to be honest about that. Because I think the other piece to it is, is that so often we feel like, you know, well, I shouldn't, this is a natural part of life. Like divorce happens to a lot of people. A lot, everyone's going to lose their mom. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so many people have to go through the process of getting a hysterectomy or never can have children. So this is normal. I shouldn't feel this way. Well, mm. you have to be in a place where you can be honest with yourself and say, yeah, but I do. Yeah, but right. I do. Because if without that piece, as long as you're kind of still putting it in comparison to other people or what you think should be happening for you, that you should be able to accept it and move on and this shouldn't be a big deal and I shouldn't feel any sort of way, then you're keeping that separation. You're not allowing yourself to actually process and go through it. And women do that all the time. Like I shouldn't Mm -hmm. feel this guilt. I should, and I experienced that when my kids, all the kids left. Mm -hmm. I was like, I've been waiting for this day for us. And then I'm like, wait, what? And I did not realize like, that's a form of grieving too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I always say, here's how, you know, if it, if, if something could be a situation that causes you grief, is there some part of you that identifies in connection to that, right? And so as women, we absolutely identify as being a mother if we're a mother. We absolutely identify as being a best friend, a sister, a wife, you know, whatever these things are. And so as soon as that is severed, as soon as that is no longer in the shape and form that it was before, you've lost a part of how you were identifying yourself. And that's really what grief is. Grief really comes from that aspect of saying, there was some part of me that identified this role or this thing as part of who I was. And now it's gone. Now it's different. Yeah. So now who am I? Yeah. Now what do I do? Yeah. That's it. That is yeah. so good. So now you specialize in working with women, especially women, but also some men over 40, mm-hmm. helping mm-hmm. them to gain clarity after experience, experiencing a loss. What are a few ways that you could help or that you help people work through their grief and find this clarity? Sure. I think a big part of it is to really do an assessment and some help, like help facilitate that discovery where we start to really look at what is on process. What am I actually feeling here? What do I think I should be feeling that I'm not feeling? Or what do I think I shouldn't be feeling that I am feeling, right? So it's really this kind of assessment and discovery. There's often a lot of beliefs tied into all these things too. Um, so one of the things that I'm able to do through my experience and mostly through my intuitive gifts is really be able to see for someone exactly what aspects in them need to be looked at and addressed. Um, and so that, that self-discovery assessment has to take place, whether you do it on your own or you do it with somebody else, because that's where the real launch point is for any kind of real change. Cause then after that, We can start to work on how do we support and strengthen new ideas? What kind of action steps can we take that shift things, help us making different choices, you know, so that we can create some sort of change? And can I ask you a question? We, well, clearly, because I've been asking you questions this whole time, (laughs) 
<laughs> but you've mentioned intuition several times with your own experience. What can, is there a way that we can tap in or revive our intuition, Absolutely. especially during this time of, or ex when we're experiencing a loss or going through the journey of grief? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a big thing. I, I believe without any shadow of doubt that every single one of us is intuitive, um, that we all have intuition. We all have these ideas and thoughts that seem to come from nowhere. We often like write them off as being um, our imagination. I think, you know, or like, I don't know where that came from, right? Like if you're saying that, like, I don't know what made me just think about that right now. I don't know what made me just think about that person right now. So again, it kind of goes back to that recognition thing where I think start to try and be a little bit more of an observer for yourself. And, you know, the idea of meditation um, is really important for all of us. That's important for our divine creator connection as well as our own self connection and that piece of us that really is that divine essence, right? Mm. And, and it, meditation doesn't have to look like sitting on the floor uh, cross-legged for 45 minutes in silence. It doesn't, that's not, you know, and, and it's every bit as much of prayer as long as we are in a listening responsive space. So um, certainly that relationship there, but it can also be like going for a walk. I used to get all kinds of stuff in the shower or <laughs> vacuuming. I used to get a ton of stuff vacuuming. And I think it's because it, it helps you disconnect from your brain. You kind of go into, and there is science to it, that you go into a theta state and a delta state. And so it really does shift. Um, so it really is just about kind of being that observer self as mm -hmm. much as you can be, try and, and pay attention and then just give a little ounce of trust to it because mm -hmm. that's, that's the whole key. You know, that's the difference between understanding that we're getting some kind of truly divine guidance for ourselves, um, is that we don't trust it. So like I said, you kind of write it off as, um, you know, I don't know why I made that up or that was a weird thing to just imagine right now. Or, you know, anytime we have that, just even if you just jot it down and uh, just kind of keep a little notebook or a little piece of paper that has like these weird thoughts that we have um, and, and then just reflect back on them. But mm -hmm. The more you make space for yourself to be in receivership rather than trying to think your way out of things, the more you'll start to get That's guidance. Good. And then you just have to trust it. You just have to trust it. That's good. That's good. I think that's going to be very beneficial for people. And I know for me, I kind of zone out when I clean. And if I feel mm -hmm. stuck, I'll just like start cleaning. And then like, you just have, all these ideas will just start falling. Mm -hmm. You're like, I always have my phone out, like speaking into my phone. Okay, do this, call this person, do that. So that's, that's excellent. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, women over 40, you know, society likes to call this thing. I remember when I was a kid, I was always nervous about this thing called a midlife crisis because <laughs> I always heard neighbors gossiping like he left his wife, he got a new car, he cut his hair. Like that was the thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> all this stuff. So, what would you tell the woman 
who is experiencing a lot of multiple losses and they're overwhelmed and they don't know where to start and how to dig themselves out of this pit that they find themselves in. What advice would you give to that woman? Um, I, you know, I think the first thing is to know that it's normal. It's totally normal. Men and women both go through it. We go through it at different stages um, individually because everybody's got their own path and their own timeline, right? But know that it's normal. It's by far more common for people to hit some point in their life where there's all these changes happening. And you all of a sudden are saying, but what is really mine? Mm. What if I really been taking on that is not actually mine, that I was told and and believed somewhere along the line that I was supposed to take on this responsibility. I was supposed to be this person. This is the right way to be a mother. This is the right way to be a wife. This is the right way to be an executive, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I always say the reality is midlife crisis is an existential crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, It's when we all of a sudden question what is really ours. And there has to be often these external factors that start showing up and kind of breaking down this whole castle wall that we built for ourselves that we think is our home, that we think Mm. is the life we're supposed to have, that is the version of us that we think. And all of a sudden these things happen and it starts kind of punching holes in those walls. And then you're like, well, what really is behind that wall? Right. You know, really, what is, what, what am I, have I been protecting all along? Yeah. And so, you know, by far, I think, know that it's normal. Cause I think that's the thing. We don't talk about it. And that would definitely be the second thing. Like find some kind of support, mm. whether if it's an anonymous support in a Facebook group, if it's getting yourself a good therapist If it's finally asking your best friend, like, have you been thinking this too? Um, You know, and and know that it's normal to kind of question everything. Okay. Just because you question whether or not your marriage is the right to the right person and it's in the right context or framework, like, is it going the right way? Doesn't mean that you're going to get a divorce. You're allowed to show up and question things. You're allowed to say, all this stuff has changed. I'm taking inventory now. Does this still suit me? Was this really genuinely built? You know, was this relationship built in a way that really does sustain who I've become over these years? So, I mean, that's a big piece of it too. Like I said, knowing that just because you're doing inventory – don't go into crisis mode. You don't have to freak out. It's all okay. You know, it's normal to question these things. I like that. Take inventory mm-hmm. and don't just go right into a crisis. <laughs> like- exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like it's like you get you have to fill out the same questionnaire every time you go for the physical, right? It's like the the garage asks you the same thing. Like Whatever it is, there has to be this kind of check-in and that's normal and it's okay to question it. It's okay to think, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know, but let me sit with it. But you don't have to, you know, throw well, the baby I out. Think it's the sitting with it that is, you know, that people get 
overwhelmed and stuck because then you're mm-hmm. like, I know I've talked to a lot of women, you know, as we're rolling this, this podcast and these new services for women over 40 out and they're, they're to the point, And I was too, where I'm like, okay, I'm questioning my marital relationship. I'm questioning if I was a good parent. I'm questioning if I made the right career choice. I'm questioning if I have the right friends. So like, how do you do it all and just take inventory and not just feel like you're going crazy trying to make all these changes based on, I thought I knew who I was, but maybe I don't. <laughs> like, yeah. it's it overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I think the key is don't do it all at once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I prioritize it. I mean, we do. You're right. Because, I mean, I'm I'm no different than that. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and that is the thing, is you do kind of start questioning everything all at once. Okay, but take a step back. Take a breath. Um, and, and really just say, first of all, has there been a major change in one area or another? So let's look at the one that has had a major change. Like if your marriage has been the same and nothing's actually different there, then let's put that on the list, you know, but if you just unfortunately lost your best friend to breast cancer, okay, then now looking at our relationships and the way that we have relationships in our lives. And is that uh, the most supportive of who they are? That's a good reason, you know, or if you just had a, went to an event, like a, a girl's weekend that you've always done. And all of a sudden this time you go and you feel very disconnected from them. Okay. Then that's the area that we look at, right? If, mm-hmm. Chances are you are a good mother, but I know we all question that. We all question that and think, oh God, I screwed up. And then I tell people this all the time, like this, no matter how old we, how old the kids get, how old we get, we still are like, oh my gosh, did I do that? Did I cause them to like make that choice or whatever? Um, So you can probably skip past, was I a bad mother? But I know we go there. Um, so I say just skip past that one, you know, but maybe it's, maybe it's the relationship with your family or, 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 or maybe it's career. Maybe it's that all of a sudden you're having anxiety every Sunday night thinking about mm-hmm. going to work on Monday. Okay. There's an indicator and that's the thing, like look for something that has a significant change or there's a strong indicator that something is wrong. Focus on that one first, and then you can move on down through the list. That's good. An indicator and then trust your intuition. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you get little clues along the way, listen to them and don't dismiss them. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always. Because, you know, our emotions really are a function of our intuition. People don't always think of that. But think of your emotions as guideposts, as signs that there's something wrong or that there's something very, very right. I mean, that's the other piece, you know, like if when you go to do this volunteer work and your heart just sings and you couldn't leave any more fulfilled, okay, I'm, I can tell you with quite a lot of certainty, there's a strong purpose line there then in okay. some shape or form, you know? So if, if your career is really something that's, that's bothering you, that you know you are out of alignment with, that you feel pretty strongly, like look for the positives as much as you look for the negatives. But mm. your emotions and that, that a feeling that arises up for you are really strong 
like think of them as street signs. You know, they're good guideposts. They start to give us and point us in the direction. And I like what you said about purpose lines. You did say purpose lines, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And a lot of women at this stage, they're looking to see, rediscover what I like, who am I? And those purpose lines and those, that intuition and those indicators will be there too for them. Mm-hmm. And oh, that- absolutely. And, you know, and again, this is kind of the thing is that I think so many of us were taught that like you choose a path and that's what you go on. And I've said since I was in my 20s, like, why do we ask 18 year olds to decide what the heck they're going to do and be for the rest of our lives? Because we adopt being as what yeah. we do. I mean, yes. that's, that's, we're not that far out of shift in society yet. We still absolutely in, indoctrinate people to believe that whatever it is that you're doing for a living is who you are. Um, so the reality is, is that who I am now is most definitely not who I was at 18 years old. I would, I would hope not, actually, that there's not a single person out there that says, oh, no, I'm just the same. And I'd be like, oh, what the heck have you been doing? Um, (laughs) But, you know, but we also, like I said, we we get taught and I think it's really ingrained in us that that when you make that decision, like that's what you have to stay with. But that's not the truth. That's not the truth. And so you have to give yourself space and allow your purpose to shift, allow your interests to shift, allow what energizes you to shift. It's not all the same thing. That's good. That is so good. Oh, that's so good. Well, Sierra, you shared so much good stuff today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was great. It was. Can you share all of your social media platforms, let everyone know where to find you? Sure, absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Sierra Intuitively Knows. That's Sierra with one R. Um, And I'm on on LinkedIn, also Sierra-Sambrowski, S-A-M-B-R-O-S-K-Y. And then I have a website that's called alchemy.com, A-L-K-E. M-A-I. So thank you, Sierra. And thank you all for listening. I know that you found great value in what you heard today. And join us next week for another episode. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Soul Sister Movement Podcast. Be sure to visit soulsistermovement.com to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Did you love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe and review our podcast.